Hello, hello, hello. This is Tooth Be Told. This is Dr. Kyle Dumpert. This is Dr. Walter Aka. Dr. Gary Dennis on this last day of Black History Month. Yes, the shortest month of the year. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> but we actually do have a very, 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 very special guest, a good friend of mine, a good friend of everybody's because she's an incredibly nice person. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Jamie Hardy, she's a pediatric dentist. Uh, we've had pediatric dentists on here before, but the one that what makes her very, very special besides just her personality is that she is actually going into partnership with somebody to open a brand new de novo uh, dental office. And, you know, dentists, I mean, you guys can agree or disagree with me. We don't work well in, in teams. So this is very interesting to see how this is all going to happen. You know, I mean, I know one other team that actually is an endodontic group. And, and you know, I'm just like, I'm shocked that they're a team because dentists usually fly solo, right? We're all islands okay. within ourselves. Yeah. So, so it's just very interesting to see uh, that there's another team that I know of. So I want to talk to her about that. Uh, but before we do that, you know, we always try to start our podcast by just kind of telling us our crazy dental stories and what's happened with us this week. So, you know, uh, being uh, our guest, Dr. Jamie. Start. <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys for having me. I'm so honored, first of all, to be here um, and great introduction. I hope I'm just as nice as you say I am. <laughs> um, but I think my craziest story I, still to this day is always related to residency Bronx Lib. I saw some crazy stuff. Um, I think the one that tops it all, though, would be <laughs> trying to go to lunch was always a a field trip, right? If we got lunch, because we were really busy because um, we saw a lot of patients. So at the hospital, you know, the dental clinic was across the street from the hospital, like on Grand Concourse in the Bronx. So if you know anything about Grand Concourse, you know, it's not the best of neighborhoods, um, but it's usually a lot of hospital people over there, a lot of staff, you know, walking back and forth. So as a group, some of my co-residents and I, and I think it was maybe like four or five of us, and we were like, oh, we had a long lunch. Let's go get something in the hospital to eat because we had like these little cards or whatever. Um, so we're walking across the street, not paying anything, paying attention, you know, just kind of walking and talking. It's a lot of other people around. It's broad daylight. Um, and there's like this homeless guy who's pushing, because in New York for bottles and cans, you can get like so much money for them. So it wouldn't be odd to see somebody pushing a shopping cart with a whole bunch of bottles and a whole bunch of cans. So they're just like walking in front of us and he kind of walks, he tries to like walk past us and it was like four of us. So, you know, we gave him room, let him walk past with his cart and he gets in front of us and immediately turns this way. And then he just like breaks the bottle on the shopping cart and he starts coming at us. And so my, my first instinct is, oh, we got to get the heck up out of here. <laughs> I'm not about to fight no homeless man. I don't know what you've been taking. I don't know what kind of super strength you got. Um, <laughs> but I feel like they, you know, they be having like different kind of strength, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, dang, we right here by the hospital. Like we were literally maybe a block, less than a block from the entrance to where we were going. And there's always security at the hospital. So I'm just like, oh yeah, we got to go. Like, you know, I'm moving. And then there's a guy in my residency program. He was an ex, um, he used to be in the Marines actually. And so he like is pushing the guy to just kind of, you know, back him up. And so he's pushing him and pushing him. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm trying to get everybody like, y'all let's, let's go. I'm like, listen, leave him alone. Let's, you know, push him once and keep going. But 
the guy turned back around to hit him on top of the head with another bottle. So I was just like, okay, I don't have time for this. First of all, we got to make it back to the clinic. (laughs) She's worried about her patients. I'm like, because if you understand, like, Bronx Live, I love my my residency, but they expect you to see them patients. Like, they expect you to be back. But um, anyway, we got, you know, the guy, the security guard eventually came out and we got some people to come and help. But it was... That was the craziest thing I had just to go to lunch, like just to go eat lunch. Literally, it was like 1130. I mean, I was like, it's too early for this, you know. So uh, Mm. that had to be the craziest thing. But luckily, um, Ramos, the guy in my uh, program, he was good. He was just a little shook up, you know, but he was good. So I got a question. Did you end up bringing your lunch from then on? Listen, (laughs) I don't even worry about lunch. I was like, I don't need this money on this card. It's not worth it. <laughs> I'm gonna just bring my lunch or right. I'm gonna eat, you know, right. a snack, you know, because I was just like, it's just not worth it. So yeah. <laughs> but I thought it was crazy because we were in a group. You know, usually you think you're safer because it's more of you. So from then on, I was always a little a little bit more attentive. Jeez. Mm. Okay. I'm glad mm. you all made it out. Um unscathed right yes me too (laughs) okay all right gentlemen anybody else have a story this week and then we'll get into uh why dr hardin is here with us i'll I'll, I'll do my story i got a little quick story nothing like that (laughs) (laughs) i don't think think anybody's gonna talk that there's no violence in my story (laughs) are you sure um, I'm, we, we know what happened uh, at uh, HEB, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was strictly nonviolent. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, it's funny, though, because I actually was back in HEB uh, yesterday. Okay. And it was packed again. <laughs> and um, there were so many people wearing their masks like chin straps in there. Oh. And this one girl, uh, she had to be like, she wasn't older than 25 and she was chewing gum and like popping her gum. <laughs> <laughs> this is like Gary's like, worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Mass is down here. And I'm just like, Oh my God. And then I was, I was just like, I just gotta, I just gotta keep my mouth shut and get out of here. Cause I already fought somebody in here already. <laughs> so I gotta get you out of here. And th- I did, right. And I was not wearing my mask with my name on it. Oh, good. That's good. That That's good. 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 So. You know, it's actually funny. I had a patient that came in this week. Uh, she had a mask on, but I guess she made this mask herself because it was made of like fish net stocking or something, right? With <laughs> oh, like, uh, yeah. Oh, so there was uh, literally you could see the pores. <laughs> you, can, you can see the pores. But here's the part that made it really wonderful or, or fabulous was she had diamonds that she put like fake diamonds or you know like the stuff that kids like put on their. You know, like she my daughter, like it was, it was she bedazzled. Yes, bedazzled. <laughs> she bedazzled it. And then here's the part that cracked me up. Every Rhymes time us. I went to go, every time I was like, okay, can I see? Can I see what's going on? She would, oh, hold on, let me just take. And she would take it off. And I'm like, lady, I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. There's no need to keep taking it on and off. It's not doing anything for you. You know, what <laughs> I mean? there were like holes in there. It was crazy. I was like, this lady is just taking it to a new level. But 
it is what it is. I, 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 had, I didn't have the heart to tell her, you know. Mm, and that she, was a fashion you know, statement. No, it really, that's all it was. It was no protection or anything at all. You didn't like give her, give her a, a surgical mask and be like, There's, you need to wear this under your rhinestone cowgirl <laughs> yeah, mask. That did not Listen. coordinate with her outfit. Thank you. I was going to say, if she bedazzled her, her mask, do you really think she's going to go unfashionable with my mask? Right. I, I doubt it, you know. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't interfere with people's fashion sense she when it comes to that. Fashion friendly black mass that I see somewhere. <laughs> there you go with your name on there. Not with the name. Kyle, any stories for us? Uh, I was waiting to hear Gary's story. All right, all right. Let me. Okay, so. Oh yeah. I um, I had two uh, children actually that I was treated the other day. Right, uh, back to back. Right, uh, one was like seventeen. Um, it was a second molar. I told him, hey, when the anesthesia wears off, the tooth is going to hurt, right? Take some ibuprofen, right? So he's like, okay, no problem, right? So then I see the next patient. It was a, like a 14-year-old girl who had got hit in the face with a softball mm-hmm. like, like two months ago. Um, and she had like, slight temperature sensitivity on our central incisor, maxillary central, uh, right maxillary central incisor. Uh, and it had a craze lines. When I tested it, it, it wasn't like significantly more sensitive than number nine. So I told the dad, I was like, let's just put some desensitizer on it. See how it feels, you know, like if it um, starts to become or get worse or anything, we can always do a root canal, but it's a definitive treatment. So like once you take the nerve out, it's not coming back. You know, so he understood. So I'm putting the sensitizer on the tooth. And then someone from the front desk comes in and is like, uh, the last patient um, says that the tooth hurts. And I was like, <laughs> and I said, yeah, they just got a root canal. He's so sensitive. I said, tell them to follow the post-op instructions. And he's like, okay, right? So then I finished with the girl. Sit her up and she says, Oh my God, I'm so happy I didn't need to get a root canal if it was going to hurt like that after. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? So you just, she was like so relieved. You yeah. just traumatized the poor people. But I was That's like, funny. Not yet. Oh, right. This <laughs> so right. <it> doesn't work. <laughs> just wait on it. <laughs> Gary, you know, Kyle, Gary's the reason why you, you, you see traumatized adults. Yes. He, he messes with them and then yes. he sends them to you oh like six, seven years later. Yeah. And, and Kyle's like, what happened? Well, there was this endodontist I saw. <laughs> wow. No, it, uh, not during the treatment, only after. Got you. It only hurts after. Got you. All right, Kyle, anything? Uh, So ever since COVID hit, I've been seeing a lot of cavities in elderly people, very poor uh, oral hygiene, lots of cracked teeth, lots of broken teeth. And uh, I've had three patients that they only have the, the bottom six front teeth left on them. And, oh, we want to save them. We want to save them. Uh, one lady's, I, I said, you need a couple crowns, but you know, you've been consistently had cavities every single time you come in and we go through diet history with her. Oh, I, I don't, I only have fruit. I don't touch sugar. I don't do, you know, I brush three times a day. I floss. I just don't know why I'm getting these cavities. She's 
lots of medications, dry mouth. But based on what she's saying, she has perfect home care, perfect diet. So I say, you know, we can do crowns, but if we don't figure out what's causing these cavities, you're going to lose them. It's a waste of money for you. So she comes in a couple of weeks later and she's like, oh, I bit down on something hard. My crown's loose. She ended up snapping the tooth off. I told her she has to, you know, we have to extract this tooth. The cavity was a lot worse under the existing crown than what I was anticipating. She flips out that, oh, I, I can't believe I have to lose a tooth. Lady, you've lost 26 teeth so far. Like one more, <laughs> you're going to be fine. So my hygienist is cleaning her teeth and, and she figures out the reason this lady's sucking on mints all day that aren't sugar free. Uh, so she's just mm. constantly bathing her teeth. Mm. But so got to the bottom of that one. Another patient comes in and she has her bottom six front teeth. Every single one of them is root canal, stainless steel, screw retained post crowns on top of them and she had broken the porcelain off number 22 a year ago and i had replaced it she has an upper denture lower partial and i didn't do a whole lot of investigating at the time why this porcelain broke off a a tooth where there's a denture opposing it but she comes in for her you know six month or yeah six month checkup number 23 had a uh periapical radiolucency that I sent her to the endodontist to see if he could do a, um, an apico one. She tells him she has a history of radiation. He doesn't want to do it, refers her for an extraction. And she's coming to me saying, I don't want to lose this tooth. What can we do? I said, there, there's nothing I can do. Start looking. The crown on number 22 is feeling a little bit loose. She has a 10 millimeter facial pocket draining uh, sinus tract on 22 and she also has a draining facial sinus tract between 25 and 26 and so i start to figure out i think these teeth have all vertical root fractures in them and mm. she doesn't want to lose her teeth i've i take good care of them blah 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 the previous dentist uh would have to make me a new set of dentures every every six years i've had four sets of you know upper plate lower plate uh, so it starts occurring to me that this lady is just beating her teeth. The last set of dentures she had made, he put porcelain teeth on because that's why she kept replacing her dentures. The bottom teeth were wearing the, the, the dentures through. And I think people are just extremely rough on their teeth. They're not taking care of them. They're sitting at home during COVID, eating sugar, eating snacks. And then they get mad at us when we can't save something that they've just not been taken care of at home. So just dealing with those people. Uh, what one more patient? I did a crown or I did a bridge. Uh, twelve upper left, twelve to fourteen. By the time she got back after two weeks, she had worn through the temporary bridge. And mm. I asked her, "How's everything feeling? Number twelve and fourteen root canal. Everything's fine." Put the, uh, put the permanent bridge in, get every, check the bite, everything's fine, um, feels great, send her on her way. That night, I get a phone call at 11.30 at night, and I go to bed early. I go to bed 9 o'clock at night. So I look at this number that I don't recognize. I'm not answering this. So then my phone, <laughs> my phone goes off. I got a message. 
It's this woman. I'm in so much pain. I just, I spent $2,000 out of pocket on this and I just made a mistake. I'm just really praying you can get me in tomorrow and, and take this bridge out and extract these teeth because I just don't want to deal with it. Like out of nowhere. And I'm thinking hey, the bite's probably a little bit high. Like calm down, lady. I get to the office the next morning. She didn't even leave an an- a message on the office answering machine. She just went straight to calling my cell phone at 1130 at night knowing that I wasn't going to answer to leave me a message that says, get me in the office tomorrow. That just, that ticked me off. Uh, we, she wanted VIP treatment. She did. Oh, no. She I, did. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, had, I had a gentleman that did that to me last week. She, he called me. It was a Friday. He called me Friday. And he's like, oh, my tooth is in pain. You know, I placed an implant on him. He's like, oh, my tooth has been bothering me. Da, 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 that area has been bothering me. I said, okay, how long has it been bothering you? Oh, well, you know, for the past like two or three days. I'm like, so you wait till Friday night at 11 o'clock yeah, to call me, yeah. thinking I was going to do something, right? So the next day, I contact the office manager. I was like, hey, could, you, could we come in and so I can see this patient? He said, yeah, absolutely. I called the patient, no pickup. I called him like two or three hours later, no pickup. Then <laughs> he calls me back again Sunday night. Yeah, I'm, I'm still in pain, da-da-da. I was like, that's your problem. Yeah. yeah. I said straight, I was like, that's your problem. I tried multiple times to get a hold of you. Yeah. I went out of my way to try to see you. Like, I was actually going to miss my daughter's swim class just to come see you. And that's swim mm. class. That's very important to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't miss those swim classes. You know what I mean? I'm paying for, for them to do the same thing every, every week. Every single week. You do this. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. <laughs> but Is she I like the tadpole? And oh, like it, it, I don't care what cute name to give it. Nothing changes. <laughs> Nothing like- changes. All right, yeah, I have yet to stations, and it's the same so, thing over same and over. Thing. I, have, I, like, I, have, I have yet to see any. I have yet to see any improvement. I have yet to see any improvement. Well, it was wife, COVID. That's the reason I stopped going. But, oh yeah, no, oh. yeah, no. I actually we 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 started again. So my wife was like, "Oh, it's good for them." Da da da. I was like, "I don't see any change to their skill level." You know what I mean? Like back in the day, they would just throw you in the deep end and say what happens. You know, that's that's called child abuse now. Apparently, you know? yeah. I mean, Walter's right. Like they're not learning any strokes. Like. <laughs> Really? They're not learning Nothing. how to like, like really. breathing. Is it breathing and stuff? You, they I learn mean, how to hold on to the side of the, the <laughs> and the, the, pull the out. Of the <laughs> really? Yes, yeah, that's really all they learn. That's it. Oh my and to hold your breath. Yes. Okay. Like, I, all like I know. A second, is, you know all I know is I want to start a swim class for, so I can charge patients uh-uh. or pay, uh, parents to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Be like, <laughs> you know, and then and then randomly take a picture of them, say they've gone to the next level. And it has nothing to do with their skill level. They just they got survival. older. They got like, older. Are they teaching them not to drown? Maybe that's what I, it is. I, I, I mean, what, I think that's what drown. holding on to the side of the yeah. pool is. Yeah. Oh, but they don't teach them how to get <laughs> to the side. <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> Right. Just, 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 hold, just hold on. <laughs> just hold on until yeah. an adult comes to get you out. That's, yeah. And that, that's that's my ninety. That's my ninety dollars uh, every month. That's funny. It's gone to absolutely nothing. But anyway, I we digress. Uh, oh, I got one more. I got one more story. Yes, and then we definitely have to get to our. our yeah, no, we're, okay. Right, so, <laughs> right. Here's why we are here, Gary. <laughs> all right, one, one story. One story. All right, this one actually pissed me off. Right? Surprise! So, I was. I was. <laughs> I was really upset. I, I it was like, it. it was a display of like the worst patient management. I like, I, I, I was upset for, extremely upset for the patient too. Like, oh, you know, okay, so, okay. so, um, I'm get, I get this call and they're like, oh, we have this from another office. It's at, it's at the end of the day, right? It's like three 30. 
and they're like, we have this patient that's having an emergency. Uh, it's an emergency. Their, their face is swollen. So that's the first red flag. And I'm like, well, why are you sending it to me? But their face is swollen and they need to come see you for, to get a root canal. And I said, okay, well, it's 3.30. I'm, I'm leaving soon. So they can come tomorrow morning. I'm at another office. I have an opening at 7 a.m. And then uh, that office is all pissed off. Like, why can't he come now? And I'm like, cause I'm leaving. Like, <laughs> their emergency is not my emergency. Time to go. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You're... So, <laughs> I mean, so, so, so then, so finally they agree and the guy comes the next morning. So I walk into the office, he's there already. His face, like, I'm talking about like, he has facial swelling. Like mm. it's, his face is swollen. Cellulitis. Right. right? Oh. So then I get him in a chair and it's swollen. It's, it's going under the body of the mandible. Uh, like it's a buckle space to the uh, submandibular space. Like, like, I feel like if it was like two more days, he probably would have had like Ludwig angina, right? Yeah, let's let's explain like how critical that is for for anybody that doesn't know why we're all looking at you like holy crap. (laughs) So probably uh, probably best he he waited twelve hours to see a dentist. (laughs) Yeah, he should have gone. The thing was, the thing was, he was at he was at a dental office the day before. Like they saw him. Okay, right. This this is why this is how I started to get pissed off. Right. So uh, with Ludwig's angina, what happens is you get swelling under. Your, your chin, mm-hmm. it will start to push on your airway and it will close off your airway and you could basically suffocate and die. Yes. And, uh, yes. So it is definitely an emergency situation. Yes. And, so, and it can uh, travel down into your chest, into your heart, and mm-hmm. and they have to completely yes. fillet everything open to clean everything out. Right. Yes. Mm. So don't, I mean, the fillet. one thing that people, yeah, <laughs> the, one, <laughs> the, one that, one, the one thing people don't understand is like any kind of infection will find the easiest path. Right, it won't go. It'll go through the bone, and once it gets through the bone, it'll find the easiest path to just keep going, right? And and there's spaces that are between your 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 airways, you know, your trachea and, and everything, your bronchial and 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 uh, the skin. So like, there's airways, and, and I'm sorry, there's spaces that allow the bacteria and the infection just keep traveling, just keep going. Basically, it's a highway to the heart for when it's. It's a highway to the heart. That's a yes. very well spoken. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, it's important when you see someone with swelling, one, figure out what space and then two, try to get them help, help. That's the most important thing. Help. Don't, don't wait. Yeah. Right. All right. So, so I asked him, I'm like, well, you were in the office yesterday. Did they give you some antibiotics? And he was like, no. Wow. Right. So I like now I'm getting more pissed off. Yeah. Right. Incision and drainage. Nothing that like, I mean, just some antibiotics. Well, Someone has yeah. facial swelling <laughs> antibiotics, yeah. like yeah. the most simple thing. Right. right. So so then I look in his mouth and oh, I, I've seen this guy before, too. I've done root canals on him before. Right. And I had told him I saw him like six months ago and I told him, I was like, look, you have this other tooth over here that it has a crack on it. You need to get this tooth treated. Mm-hmm. Right. Of course, it's that same tooth. Look in his mouth. The tooth is is now like pushed, being pushed out of the socket. So it's elevated like a good millimeter and a half above the rest of his teeth. Right. And the crack, like you can see the crack is like, it, like it's so visible. Right. So then I like touch the tooth and it's like, <laughs> Wait a minute, all over the place, and I'm like, if if, if, if no one if no okay, one can't see, see they can't see that. Yeah, Sorry. okay, so right. so if if you go on into our uh, YouTube page, 
Tooth Be Toad podcast. Just search that. Tooth Be Toad podcast. You need to see Dr. Dennis doing this. <laughs> that, that's his explanation for tooth movement or dancing. Whichever one. We don't know yet. Right. So it's, it's class three mobility, right? It's, it's, it's wiggling left to right, back, forth, up and down. I'm like, and I was like, hey, man, your tooth is cracked in half. This, this tooth needs to come out and it needs to come out today, like right now. But I can't take it out for you. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it <laughs> because I am in the dark. I do not take things out. Let me tell you I how important it is. <laughs> right? And I said, but I'm gonna find someone to get this taken out for you right now. So luckily, uh, there are some uh, general dentists in the office, and and one of them agreed to take the tooth out for the guy. But um, like, I was just so pissed off that the other office, that a dentist saw this patient and did not at least prescribe antibiotics uh, for someone whose face is swollen. Yeah. I, like, mm. I, I, was, I was just, I was like, this is just, you well, know. Here, here's a question for you, Gary. You looked at this tooth, you could see the crack. Why did they think that a root canal was needed? And, and, the, and the tooth was moving. Well, so were, you, were you, you going to so take many, the tooth out? <laughs> Do the was, root canal? There were so many red flags. Like, first of all, like I rarely am going to do endodontic treatment on somebody whose face is swollen, just because, like, it's going to be such a hassle to get them numb, and it, the procedure takes time. So, like, they're going to be there. That's the situation when people are like, "Oh, root canals are the worst things ever." That's the situation. Yeah. You do a root canal on somebody whose face is swollen and can't get them numb. That's going to be the worst experience of their life. Right, so generally, if someone's face is swollen, I give them antibiotics and tell them, "Hey, take these antibiotics. Come back in a week when the swelling's down, then we'll do the treatment." So that's the first, like, this patient should have never been sent to me. And then the tooth's cracked in half. Like, if you just looked in the mouth, looked <laughs> in the mouth, you know, see, I have a feeling that's what never happened. Is they never looked in this person's mouth. They didn't give me antibiotics. I, I was just, I was just like so upset. But um, at least like he, still, he, he you're still upset guy. about it. I can tell. I am. I am because it was ridiculous. Uh, but at least he was able. We were able to, um, you know, remedy the situation for him. Uh, get that tooth out and and get him some antibiotics. Good. Uh, and you know, get the treatment done. But I was I was really upset by that all. Huh. So, Dr. Hardy, as you can see, this is uh, this is a therapy session. We, uh, <laughs> I see, but you this know, is we, necessary. It, it's, it's important to uh, just kind of get out there. And, 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 and Gary was very vulnerable right there, so we want to go ahead and clap him. <laughs> <laughs> I felt good, good for job. you, Gary. <laughs> this is a safe space, you know. Uh, but <laughs> can you please give us your background? And then we'll start getting into and diving into why you decided to go into a partnership versus just opening your own, like 99% of dentists do. Right. So just give okay. us your background so everybody gets to meet you and understand, <laughs> you know, who you are and how wonderful you are. All right. So I am originally from North Carolina mm -hmm. um, and I was kind of exposed to dentistry a lot earlier because my daddy is a dentist. He's a general dentist in North Carolina and so is my older sister. So, um, you know, so I always pretty much wanted to be some kind of dentist. I didn't know I wanted to do pedo. Um, and then I went to Hampton for undergrad 
and then I went to from Hampton. I went to Meharry. Um, so shout out Meharry. I know everybody can't see my shirt, but <laughs> I went to Meharry for dental school. And like my senior year or last year, I realized I didn't want to do dentures ever. And I did not want to do endo ever. <laughs> so I was like, well, I just can't see adults, you know, so that was just easy for me. Um, plus, I like, you know, I like the fun side that can be pedo. So um, I worked for a year in Charlotte. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm waiting like, to see, hear that fun like, side. <laughs> right. I'm not seeing the fun side at all. But go ahead. I promise it's fun. I guess because I could be goofy and like, don't nobody look at me crazy. But um, <laughs> so then I, I worked for a year at um, actually a Medicaid office with, um, it was like a multi-practitioner. So there, they all saw, everybody saw kids, but we were all general dentists. And we had like four or five other doctors working in there. And we just like, you know, saw patients all day. Um, so that was good practice before I went to residency. And then I went to Bronx Web as you know, for residency um, for two years in New York. And then I had a bunch of friends, honestly, who lived in Houston, who had gone to um, dental school with me. And they were like, you should just come to Houston because it's a lot of dentists. It's a nice area. Um, you know, cost of living's good. Da, da, da. So I really just came to Houston to really just kind of see how it was. Um, but while I was here, I worked at a corporate office and I started to study for my boards. So I was able to do that because it was a little bit, the office that I was working at initially was a brand new practice. And so I was like between two different office locations doing pedo. And so I had a little bit of downtime and so I was able to study for my boards. So while I was studying though, one of my friends, um, Dr. Combes, she's um, actually my partner now, she was in Dallas and she didn't really care for Dallas as much. She felt like she didn't you know have as many um friends there she just really wanted to change and i was like well you know you should try houston it's not far so she came and um after she eventually moved here i was like are you like are you studying for boards and she said yeah so she was the person who basically i studied with it was her and one of my co-residents um and a couple other people we kind of would on the on saturdays get together and study so the whole idea of me even open a practice was really stemmed from me not wanting to stay in the corporate dental world for long. Um, and then also me realizing like there was a lot more opportunity out there as um, for, for pedo, you know, doing private practice. But I also, because I had seen um, a lot of dentistry growing up, also knew the downside of private practice. You know, um, my mother <laughs> was very against me opening the office. She literally said, what are you doing? Because <laughs> she was like, you see, and I, I guess I have to explain it in that. So my daddy is very old school, hardworking. If I need to do something with the office six days a week, you know, I'm gonna do it. So he like live, breathe, sleeps, you know, dentistry because he loves it. He's really passionate about it. And my mom was just like, how are you gonna do that and still have a family and still, you know, be able to travel and just just do other things? Because my, my dad, he does those things, but he's okay with not traveling as much or, you know, he was the breadwinner. So it's not like, so he was, had to work all the time and my mom just didn't want me to be stuck to where I felt like I was bogged down to this one office all the time 
Yeah, yeah. Actually, well, that, you just brought up a real quick. I'm gonna diverge for a second. Do you think? <laughs> do you think dentistry is sexist because of what you just said? Meaning that like guys are okay to work six, seven, eight. You know, it's like they're hard workers. But if a woman t- tries to do the same thing, the first thing people think about is, well, how are you gonna start a family? How are mm-hmm. you gonna do? You know, it has to, uh, more association with being uh, um, like a, a mother more than uh, mm-hmm. a business or a boss. You know. Like, how can you do both? Right, um, yeah. And I have two little girls, so I always ask. I've become very feminist, so I ask these questions. <laughs> good for you. Yeah, I try. Good for you. Uh, but I don't think the the nature of dentistry is sexist. I just think that, um, you know, people's mindset on how you want your lifestyle to be uh, has to evolve a little bit more. And not just so coming from dentistry, but... Um, more so the women who are in dentistry, tweaking it to where you can have both. Um, Because I think a lot of it falls on while we, you know, we want to have both, a lot of times our mindsets are closed and we don't think we can get both or we don't think we can do all these things um, or have help or, you know, be able to have kids and own a practice and things like that. But I've seen so many women do it, um, working and they're pregnant, especially with pedo. We do nitrous all the time and sedation. Mm -hmm. So uh, struggling with patients and you got this big old belly. So I've seen a lot of women do it and it's just, you know, you just don't think about it. So I think it's more so um, not that dentistry is sexist, but any career that you have that requires a lot of your time, you have to make a decision on how you want your life to look. So I think it would be, you know, that would apply to anything really. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so my mom, she basically was like, don't do it. And then she kind of got okay with it. Cause I was like, well, I'm not, I didn't want to do it alone. So for that reason, um, I knew the type of dentist I am in that I'm not the whole, I want to work on every Saturday and, you know, I want to be working until 7 p.m. seeing patients and things like that. First of all, kids aren't good on the weekend nor in the evenings. So that's one, but. (laughs) Or or, or weekday. Yeah, or at uh, 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. I mean, you know, you catch them. It's like a little sweet spot, you know, nine, 10 o'clock. They're okay. But um, that's why I don't see them at all. Cause I don't want, I, I miss that sweet spot every time. You miss the sweet spot. I, every, that's why I don't see them at all. I'm like, oh, I missed it. missed it again. Right. Right. So, um, so yeah, so I started as we were studying for our boards, um, we were kind of going over inventing just like, you know, how you guys like sharing stories, like, Oh, what happened today? And she is, um, working at a practice that's, uh, strictly, she was at the time working in practice strictly Medicaid um, and very like chaotic schedule. Just it was just very chaotic where she was initially. And then my schedule was the total opposite because it was a new practice. But I was like, you know, there are other things that I wanted to see different. So when I realized we had very similar work philosophy um, and we had very similar work ethic. So um, not just how we wanted our schedule to be ran, but just how we would treat patients and, you know, looking at scenarios on x-rays, just, you know, we were very similar in that regard. Um, cause she is personality wise, she's probably the opposite of me. <laughs> so I'm more of a ambivert, you know, I can be really outgoing or, or not. Um, but she's definitely an introvert. So our personality, I think has been the biggest thing that we're kind of like trying to, um, compromise on. But um, other than that, I just really felt like I didn't want to 
handle and tackle everything on my own when it came to a practice. Um, just trying to, and I saw, I just didn't know what I was doing. So even though my dad had one, he opened his practice like 40 years ago. So it's totally different. Um, trying to find like a new shell build and just, you know, the whole process. And it was, it was helpful having someone to go through it. But, um, most of the time people do tell us like, I can't believe y'all are partners. You're not going to be friends later. Like, that's what we literally people at the bank were like, y'all just shouldn't do it. And I was just like, but <laughs> we are. So, so that was interesting because I didn't realize partnerships were that much that rare. I guess I didn't know it, they were yeah. that rare. Yeah, definitely. Rare. That's why you're on here because it is very rare. <laughs> <laughs> and we and we're going to ask you a lot of questions, uh, you know, yes. good or bad, but I, you know, we'll we'll get through it. So, gentlemen, so this is a question and answer. When was uh, when was your opening day of of the new office? So, it's it's scheduled, so we haven't opened yet. Okay. So, it's been a long process. Um, but with COVID and everything, it's scheduled to be uh, April, so beginning of April. Nice, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So Lord willing, with the you know weather and electricity and all that. <laughs> <laughs> and and you talked about uh, the offices you worked at before, and your partner were Medicaid offices. Are is that? I, I assume a pediatric office is kind of forced into participating with that because there are a lot of children that are under that kind of plan? Well, interestingly enough, um, a lot of, so the corporate office that I worked at, um, they actually don't see Medicaid at all. So when I started, I saw Medicaid, the last time I saw strictly Medicaid was when I was working in the Bronx. So I was seeing all PPOs and like some HMOs, um, whereas she was seeing, you know, only Medicaid. So it depends on the type of a lot of people in pedo have kind of steered away from just seeing medicaid what a lot of people have been doing um is seeing like percentages so you know you'll see a certain number a month or something like that so you can still service them because it is still for pedo it is still a huge population and those are usually the ones that need the most work like they need the ga cases where we got to do full mouth you know rehab but um it's it's still you're still able to do a lot with like PPOs insurance and cash too. Yeah. And the uh, as far as building the business and structuring everything, is that something you two navigated on your own? Did you have a consulting company that was helping through all of that stuff? Mm -hmm. So for the so initially we sat down and we wrote down a list of what we felt our ideal office looked like. So I wrote my own list and then Dr. Combat, she wrote her own. And we pretty much looked at, came together and said, okay, this matches, this matches like the major things. Um, and we had our lawyer, we had a really good lawyer, um, shout out to McGregor. He did really good with helping us to do our partnership agreement. Cause I think the partnership agreement before you even think of the logistics of the office was something that was really important. Um, cause you know, we wanted to be able to, especially with us both wanting to have kids and get married, you know, we didn't want anybody to feel like they were stuck, but we also wanted to be reasonable. So like, you know, after five years, we have the option of if, if somebody wanted to buy out the other person, then they can things like that after a certain period of time. So I think the partnership agreement was the biggest thing that we did initially 
before we got a consultant. Um, so we did end up getting a consultant pretty much after we had figured out the space and done the partnership agreement. We got the consultant and we've been working with um, Beach Consulting actually um, to do pretty much everything else. How did you decide on the uh, location? So <laughs> that was, it took a little bit of time because, you know, Houston is very, there are a lot of dental offices just in <laughs> general. And there are a lot of pedo offices that I just realized. Um, and so we had to do a, our realtor, Jim Reed, he had a connection with Dentographics. So we did a Dentographics report. And we basically picked um, different sides of Houston, like Southwest, because we kind of, li I live in the medical center now. So like Southwest Houston and then the West and then up North, just to kind of get a good idea of where we felt like the trend of development was, which we've just kind of seen as, you know, a little bit towards the West for Houston. Um, but we felt like Katy was kind of pretty already populated because it was, a, you know, it was already pretty developed. So we did the demographics to kind of include those areas where we felt like new developments were coming. And so once we did that report, um, we went to see several different locations and just kind of see the city and the area and really get a feel for, okay, if I had to live here for five, six years or 10 years, am I going to enjoy this neighborhood or this area? So that had a lot to do with it as well. Um, just kind of like the growth and stuff, but the demographics report was great to just kind of solidify everything. Nice. Um, so on our, uh, on, I'm going to a little, little plug here. So on our episode 77, okay, Dr. Abby comes on and actually talks about uh, starting a, a pediatric um, practice from scratch. So mm -hmm. like you guys, you guys can check that out if you want to. Uh, yeah. For the guys, I'm hoping that you guys have already listened to it because you're co-hosts and you've already listened to all of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I remember that one distinctly. <laughs> remember that exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Of course. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, the one thing that I want to, you know, so when you're in a partnership, the hardest thing is coming to an agreement on everything, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So how do you guys make sure so if, if you have 50 50 that means that if i agree on i want to buy this and the other partner doesn't agree on wanting to buy this how do you come to that conclusion and say yes we are going to buy or we're not going to buy um so a little bit of that we have in our partnership agreement so if it's something that i believe our agreement says like over a thousand dollars we have to both sign off on it and we have to both agree. If we don't both agree, then I think, and it depending on the price, I think it has to have like a third party person has to come in and kind of be like the mediator. Over, over a th so we actually 1, had that thousand or above. That, that's not very much <laughs> so at all. That's like, <laughs> I, can, I can order a week's worth of files. That's a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> nope. you're right. Gary, you're right. Gary, I don't, I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't agree with all this. We need arbitration. <laughs> yeah. But wow. we started, so we started it really low because yeah, that we makes knew sense, realistically we weren't going to like disagree that much because we were very similar with some things and we're both kind of laid back. So I think it has to do with the personality of the, of the partners, right? Because I'm all dentists are very particular when it comes to your work, but when it came to, you know, certain other things, I was like, okay, I, I would pick my battles a little bit. And so my partner, she's very much like that. Um, so we put the, you know, in writing, like certain stuff, just so nobody's out here just buying 
$10,000 worth of something and just didn't tell the other person. Um, but we have started to like, it's because there's so many emails you get and there's so many small decisions that you have to make that I think it was important for us to have commonality with the bigger picture. So as long as the small things didn't intrude on what we felt like the big end result was going to be, it was, we kind of, you know, a little bit laid back when it comes to, I like this or I don't like that. Um, even like equipment, like you said, um, you know, those things get expensive quick. Like everything is over a thousand dollars with equipment. So I'm, I'm like, I want a foot pedal or something, or I want the chair to go back automatically. And it costs like $400 per chair to add a certain button on the chair. So I was just like, okay, you know what? I can just push the button myself. You know, <laughs> it's not that serious. I want to put this money somewhere else. So I think it kind of helps when we, you know, we kind of self-reflect. So. And then can I, a quick follow-up. So w w within the same um, kind of mind frame is assistance, right? And, and mm. front office, they always want to, they always want to, um, they want to test you a little bit. Right. And so they're always going to do one of those things where they try, they might try to pin you guys against each other. So how mm. do you go about making sure that the level of respect is kind of equal, right? Versus, oh, well, I like this doctor a little bit better than this one. So I'm going to do this for this doctor, but not for this one. You see, I mean, mm -hmm. how do you guys make sure that that level of respect is equal when it comes to a partnership? Um, so because we haven't really had that scenario right. just yet, I think what we've been doing up until this point is making sure that everybody maintained equal respect prior. So for instance, like if we were answering emails, sometimes people, you know, you don't reply all, you'll just, they'll send something just to me. Well, I always make it a point to be like, oh, okay, please CC my partner so she can see this as well. So she can go over everything. So I think it's something that more so we have to do because other people are going to, we can't control how they're going to do things um but it's something almost like in parenting you know um you have to make sure that you demand that respect for the other person if you feel like it's not being fair or equal um but i think because dr combat and i are just so laid back uh little small stuff don't really get to us as much uh, but when it comes to like, for instance, I feel like I'm a little bit more strict when it comes to like assistance and being a little bit, I'm a little bit more particular with certain stuff. So I think, you know, I've, I've talked to her about certain things. Like I don't want, um, I, you know, I, I want to make sure we have an air of excellence in everything that we do. So, you know, tardiness and those different things, I, you know, I'm very strict about. So it's kind of like if it's a positive thing and if, if the other person you don't totally disagree and it's not, again, disrupting the bigger picture of the brand that we want for the office, then, you know, I kind of give that person free reign. But I guess we'll have to, as far as like assistance and things like that, um, we'll have to just kind of see, hopefully they both respect this, but because we're friends, um, we have like a mutual respect for each other already. I think it's easy for us to both kind of make sure people respect her and she makes sure people respect me vice versa. Another issue that I've seen develop with partnerships and feel free to not answer this if you don't want to, because a lot of times people, people <laughs> don't like to talk about money, but uh, in, in certain partnerships you have, uh, if it's a 50-50 partnership, uh, depending on how things are um, constructed, but if it's 50-50 partnership where one dentist is producing, you know, 70% of everything and the other dentist is doing 30%, but 
profits are spit, split 50-50. So the guy that's not carrying his weight or the girl is that isn't carrying their mm-hmm. weight, they're profiting <laughs> from that other provider. So uh, mm-hmm. care to share how that's uh, structured in your partnership yeah. agreement? Yeah. Um, so you're right. That's something that we put in the partnership agreement. Um, so basically we have it, we're having it set up to where, um, it's almost like we're employees of our practice and we have percentage of production as well that we'll receive. Um, so if for whatever reason, like, cause we were, we thought of it initially, like what if somebody's out on like maternity leave for three months or what if somebody, you know, is on vacation for two weeks or, you know, things like that. So we have it to where the person gets percentage of production, um, for what you actually produce. Mm -hmm. And then, um, the other, the other part, we just kind of split it after, after that part. So it could be a time where if somebody's constantly producing more, they are going to make more um, than the other person. And we just felt like that was the only a percentage we felt like was the only way to make it pretty fair. Because uh, you're right, you can't if I'm producing all this money this month and you're not even here, then, you know, you're not getting no percentage of that production because you you didn't produce anything. So so l- let's say uh, you each do 100,000 in product or in collections for, for the month and you do, mm-hmm. you each get 35% of that as, uh, of what your collection is. Uh, there's going to be profit on top of that, that stays in the business mm-hmm. on top of that. And then mm-hmm. that profit gets split evenly 50, 50 between the two of you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after overhead, after all the expenses and stuff, whatever's left over from that profit is what we'll split. Okay, gotcha. So you'll still make a little something, um, but you won't make what you could have right. if you had been done right. better production. Gotcha. Yeah. That yeah that that's uh that was one of the reasons that the office that I bought it was a, a 15, 20 year partnership between two dentists and the one really did all the production, which allowed the business to stay in business. But the other dentist kind of mm-hmm. who started the practice kind of sat back and was able to collect a lot of that money. And uh, mm. there was a lot of resentment that built up over the years because of that. So um, I'm glad to hear right. that's something that got spelled out early on, because that's, that's <laughs> definitely something yeah. that could ruin a ruin that marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like the financials was the biggest part of the partnership agreement because a lot of stuff um, that was put in there were scenarios that we would not have thought of. Um, it was things, you know, when it comes to hiring and firing, um, it was things like what if somebody does something that is unethical and, you know, you're in the news and you basically making a bad name for the brand. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, what, what could happen then? What if somebody gets injured like disability and you're, you have to be out now I got to find a temp to kind of see your patients or I have to take over your patient load, but you're still, you're still able to be like a silent business partner. Cause a lot of the business stuff is just handling, you know, not doing the patient work, but right. handling like the emails and the financials and, checking up on insurance and stuff. So we had to look at all those scenarios. <laughs> he actually sent us the list and we just had to talk on the phone and kind of, we just really talked through it. Like, would you feel like it's fair? Something that was huge for us um, was that neither one of us are married yet. 
So in the state of Texas, a lot of times, no matter what, once you get married, uh, no matter what the lawyer was like, it becomes common law, like your assets. And so you can like split them. So even with, if it was before or after the marriage, unless you have something in writing. So we had to pretty much say <laughs> that um, we have like a prenuptial part yeah. in our partnership agreement to where if I was to, you know, if either of us was to get married and then get divorced like years later, mm -hmm. the partner can't now take a huge, you know, some huge portion. Um, so we had to put in writing that both of us agree that we get a prenup when we get married in re in relations to the practice at least so mm. that, that, which is another conversation i have to have with my future husband that, no that's <laughs> that, that takes some pressure off of you saying look it's it's already been hey, in the contract hey. before I, before you're around uh, it, it's nothing personal yeah. it's just i gotta follow right. the contract <laughs> And it's I, not me if we're up to me yes if it were me uh, we wouldn't have one but, um, oh, but honestly i will say that's honestly why we did it because we both knew that eventually we were both single and eventually want to get married and we were just like but i don't i wouldn't want to put them in a position to where they you know her where she was getting taken care advantage of um losing the practice or you know I don't want to have to have a big payout. So it can just get real messy. Mm. So our lawyer was like, you know, I would suggest you do this. And I was like, you know, I'm going to just say you suggested it and it's done. <laughs> <laughs> so it's done. For, for you being a, a startup practice, uh, bringing in new patients, you're not going to have a full schedule from day one or Maybe you will if you're if uh, you advertising Listen, the stuff. I have been <laughs> praying. I just need at least five people. Yeah. So <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, be positive. No, so, so, <laughs> so, Kyle's like, no, no, you're, you're, it's going to suck. No, 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 no. <laughs> the, the reason, again, it comes back to the partnership. If you're a single dentist opening a, a new office, you're just worried about filling your schedule, one provider schedule. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can bring on, I can bring on hygienists as I need to if I'm starting up from scratch. But with there being two providers from the start, how do you split up the, the patient load in a, in a fair way? And what strategies have you put into place to make sure that you're both uh, busy and, uh, you know, makes it worthwhile to come into the office those first couple of months. Mm -hmm. um, so what we've really been doing is trying to make sure that we're not there at the same time. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, we're not going to have those days that we overlap the schedule until we have enough patients that can, you know, that need that. Um, and so the thing that will kind of help and we just gotta have to see how much it is, but we'll be able to have more flexibility with the days that were open in the beginning. So instead of only being open like one day or two day, if we need to open three days, we can, if we see like there's a need. Um, so like, for instance, we looked at our competition in the area and we saw that a lot of them aren't really open much on Wednesdays. So I'm like, we are gonna be open on Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. 
to start with, you know, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, something like that. Um, so we're starting off with just having it as if we were by ourselves. So even if it's a day where I'm off work and, you know, Dr. Combest is working, I'm doing the admin stuff. Or maybe I'm trying to make sure the staff in the front is trained or something like that. Because um, we kind of pretty much went into it knowing that that first year we just said we might not make no money. Mm -hmm. To bring home ourselves right. um of course we're gonna make a profit but take home we just said we're just gonna pretend like we didn't have any take home this year now hopefully we will of course but i feel like because we went in with it that way it's more so we're gonna see whoever comes through the door <laughs> so um but for the days where the patients do overlap um, a little bit of my corporate job, I was working with another pediatric dentist. So that's how I knew it was able to work and be profitable because once you get enough patients, you can have longer days, um, like like almost like split shift where someone's there a lot earlier and someone's there just not too late because it's pedo, but just a little bit later. Mm -hmm. And that kind of helps out a lot. And then also for us with needing sedations, because we are going to accept Medicaid as well. Um, a lot of times they need those GA case, cases. We can have someone doing GA and that's all you're doing for the day while the other person is seeing, you know, the our regular schedule. Um, so we've been kind of thinking of creative ways to make sure we're both being profitable and then not overlapping too many days. So if you're actually going to be working maybe one, two, three days a, a week, how are you um, making up for those other days? Are you going to be working somewhere else? Mm -hmm. And if and if so, how have you you know kind of scheduled that so that you you don't have any conflict of like uh, you know uh, um, what do they call those when they give you like a, a certain radius where oh. you can uh, not like a non -compete. non compete. That's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So I, what I did was I, the position that I have now. Both of us are doing multiple part-time positions. So um, I work Thursday, Friday at a private practice in Sugarland, and then Dr. Combest she works for a company where she does like she'll go certain days a month to do GA cases, and that's like pretty much all she does. So it's very flexible. Um, and then. I also work administrative things for my dad's office, like virtually. So we kind of fixed it to where as it got close to the office opening, because originally we were supposed to open back in August, but you know, COVID and things like that happened. So we just made it to where we were both part-time and had a real flexible schedule once we knew we were closer to like the opening date. So that way the days that I know I'm gonna be working, those are the days that Dr. Combest is off. And so she could be doing office stuff or whatever. So, um, but the non-compete wasn't too bad for me because I wasn't at a whole bunch of different locations. So I'm just at one office now and it was a little bit easier. And how are you uh, standing out? Because you mentioned how many pediatric dentists are around you in, in Houston in general. I mean, there's just a lot of dentistry in Houston and uh, there's a lot of corporations in Houston. So how are you, how are you standing out and what are you using to, um, uh, to market? You know, uh, I always tell everybody that the best marketing that I've seen so far is to do that Facebook, um, you know, mommies of dot, 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 whatever mm -hmm. location you're at. Uh, just get into that group because then mo when everybody moves into that area, they go on there, they ask the question, hey, where can I send my kid for a pediatric uh, office or whatever it may be? And we all mm -hmm. know that like 60 to 70% of appointments are made by the parent, the moms, 
You know what I mean? So yeah. like how are you marketing? How are you able to do all that and stand um, out? So our biggest thing has been marketing that we're a modern practice and that we do also see Medicaid in addition to the other insurances. Um, but we did have to budget to where our practice was nice and modern, but we had enough to put more into marketing than the average. So we have been doing a lot more like trying to network in the community that we're in, like on Facebook. We did go ahead and put um, hire a marketing uh, company to help us with like our social media marketing um, so they can do those Facebook ads, you know, get into those Facebook groups, Instagram, things like that. And then honestly, just trying to make sure we were staying on top of what was um, what was the most relevant, like how we could get the most uh, exposure. Because, you know, I'm like I said, I'm more extroverted. So I'm more on like social media and stuff. But I know my my partner, Dr. Combat, she's you know, she's like, I don't even post on Instagram. So I don't know what to do. <laughs> so I was like, OK, well, we need some you know, we need to kind of hire someone else to make sure they can be in charge of that part, like the SEO and all that stuff. So we went with, um, we're using affordable image and they have been really good with um, getting us started with making sure that, you know, we put our faces out there so people know you. Um, I think the biggest thing, especially in those like Facebook mom groups and stuff, they wanna know who the doctor is. And especially with parents, you know, they wanna know who they're bringing their kids to. So um, even when we started like our Instagram page, it was a, we're still doing a lot of like construction update videos where it's literally just raw footage of us talking and walking through the practice and showing you different things that we've got in so far, um, doing things that were more personal to us. Because I think no matter how many other dentists there are, nobody is going to be you. So I feel like our selling point is who we are. Um, and making sure that we're just like living up to our brand and having that good modern excellence that we always bring to every patient. So, um, and I, I really believe that even though there are other dentists in the area, I, I truly believe because of the area we're in, it's growing and it's, it's enough patience for all of us to be profitable. Um, but you just have to stand out in your own unique way. And I feel like that's just who we are um, individually. Can you give us the the Instagram name and Facebook name and all that for your practice? Yeah. Yeah. So the Instagram is literally Aliana underscore pediatric underscore dentistry. So it's literally the name um, is our Instagram handle. And it's actually the same for Facebook. I didn't want to be too creative because I felt like it'd be easy for people right. to just Google and it all let it all pop up. Right. Um, Can you spell that? And then uh, we're actually on Twitter. Yeah. So Aliana is A-L-I-A-N-A. Is that, so Aliana. Is that somebody's name? No, it's actually the name of the neighborhood. Okay. So okay. where we, the part of Richmond that we're in, it's right there, like 99 and Harlem Road. So Aliana is one neighborhood that's right there. And then you have like Harvest Green, which is another big neighborhood in the area. Um, and so Aliana was honestly shorter mm. for signage. <laughs> Not too many letters. Right. Uh, and, uh, when I looked it up, I feel like it meant, uh, I saw that it meant noble. Um, so I was like, this is, this is nice. I, I felt like it was very fitting. So the, are you on TikTok? I am not on TikTok. You yet. need to be on TikTok. That's what I hear. <laughs> I, I don't even know what TikTok too. really is, but you need to be on TikTok. 
that's what I hear. For if you're a pedo, you gotta be on TikTok. You yeah, because I mean? you know you gotta show your personality. Like you right. gotta be able to be outgoing and goofy, and you know let people see it. So I'm trying to get my Instagram under control. You know right. I got all these apps I'm downloading, so the posts look cool, and so I'm I'm making my way. We're on Twitter though. So see, Doctor <laughs> Dennis has a really good uh, Instagram. He really has some good Instagram. Yes. Like all jokes aside, he has a really yeah. he keeps it very up to date. I don't do anything on Instagram. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I really don't. I don't do much of anything at all on social media. But TikTok, I heard it's really good to be on. Yeah, but y'all such, you know, elite specialists. Like the people just come to you. No, you see, I, that's, I, not, that's, that's, uh, actually, that's a complete lie. I'm sitting here thinking, uh, I don't know how things are in Texas, but in my area, I have I have really one pediatric clinic that I can refer to, and it's a six month wait to get into them. And it's an hour and 15 minutes away. So you guys talking about all this marketing on uh, social media and stuff. (laughs) If I had a pediatric (laughs) dentist just walk into my office and say, hey, I'm new in the area, I'd say, great. Here's all my pediatric (laughs) patients. Take them all. You don't have to do any advertising. I will send every single one of you. So I, I would think right. just walk around to the de- different or drive around to the different dental offices because I know there's not a lot of general dentists uh, or dentists in general that enjoy pediatrics. Uh, so and cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, is most specialties you have a whether it's medicine or dentistry, you have the general dentist or the family doctor referring to that. Do you have, uh, as a pediatric dentist, do you have a lot of patients just looking straight for a, a pediatric dentist or are you, are they coming as referrals from a general dentist? So I think now a lot of parents, especially those who have a lot of good dental knowledge, they do look for a pediatric dentist. Okay. Um, just because I'll get a lot of parents, especially those with really small, like those infant first dental homes, they don't really think to even take them to the dentist. So a lot of the relationship that you have, like with the pediatrician and believe it or not, the OBGYN, those will help to get, um, parents in who only want to see a pediatric dentist. Mm -hmm. So I think as dental knowledge has grown, um, people, parents have started to want to take their, especially the real younger patients, um, to see us because they want, they feel like um, the office will just be set up to be a little bit more welcoming to younger kids. So um, the fact that your office looks fun and bright and has colors, like that's a, I've, I've literally had moms when I was working at my corporate place be like, I like going here because it's the wallpaper so cute. And I'm like, oh, great, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> that's something I wouldn't think of that was important. But a parent, they just like that their kids enjoy and have fun. So I think more people are going now but we still have a huge huge you know i still would say at least you know 50 to 60 percent of patients still come from referrals and even if it's not just i need you to do the treatment we have a lot of parents who like of special needs kids um who will just need a little bit more time because a lot of times our schedule we can structure it to where i have a little bit more time just for the cleaning Mm -hmm. um and things like that. So a lot of times it just depends on the parent, but we still have a good percentage that come from referrals, especially ortho. We get a lot of um, referrals from the orthodontist um, for those like little premolar extractions, things like that, because they know we can do the, they know we'll be set up to do sedation for some of those kids. Um, so. 
And let me just actually, I want to have a little bit of a of an issue, a little bit of beef actually. Uh, <laughs> for, to friends and family, stop asking me about your pediatric kids. Like I don't know anything about them. Okay, I don't know about their teeth, eruption, nothing. All I do is literally contact you know Dr. Harden or any of my other pediatric friends and say. This is what I was asked. <laughs> How do you help me out? So please stop asking me. I do surgery all day. I don't know. I, I have two kids that I sent to a friend who's a pediatric dentist. I don't do their dentistry at all. I don't know anything about eruption dates. I still, I mean, if anybody on here knows besides you, Dr. Harden, please tell me because I'm, I'm tired of people asking me like I'm supposed to know these things. That's why you're here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Wait. Repeat the last part of the question. My uh... oh, it's not a question. It was it was no no. It wasn't a question. It was, it was a it statement was... to the people out there. Yes, it was. Walter literally... saying, "I <laughs> am a tissue management specialist." Thank you, Gary, for that. I don't yes. see kids. I don't do. Kids. Stop asking me about kids. Stop asking me about your kids. I don't oh, hold do on. kids. I'm going staticky again. <laughs> you know. No, I was. We were just saying that I don't do kids. Stop asking me about kids. That's why you as the pediatric dentists are there. And every time I have a question, I turn to you guys. I don't turn to my knowledge, because I have none. I turn to you guys. Oh, hold on. Can y'all hear me? Yep. Yes. Yes. OK. I don't know why it's, it was doing the staticky thing again. So basically, how do I do what I do? No, he's, he's saying thank you for doing what you do. Yeah, right? Yeah. And, and, and I'm, sorry for, I'm sorry for yelling and getting angry about that. But it was something that I had to get off my shoulder. You got it I don't know. It cut off again. Okay. Okay. So, it's always doing your, your, uh, my rant. I know. It's yeah. always doing his rant. And he's like, so, and I see you. So you're being so passionate. <laughs> I cannot, I don't know what you're saying. I it's feel like okay. finding Nemo. Okay, I can hear now though. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. I I feel good actually, and I feel better <laughs> for what I just did. You know. Uh, so do you guys want to wrap it up here and uh, let's just let's let's finish this? Uh, do you guys have any other questions um, or any any statements from you too, Doc? Before we finish up. Um. No, I think just, you know, encouraging other people who are considering, because I know we were talking about partnerships, to kind of look at it. I was told to look at it as if you were going into a marriage almost, because um, you are going to be tied to that person in so, so many ways. So really taking your time. I know it took us uh, as far as like the planning before we even really like signed the lease or anything, we were kind of working on whether or not we'd even get along with each other for about a year or two. So um, it just, you know, just to encourage other people, it, it can be done. Hopefully I'll be back on the podcast in like two years and I can be like, see, we still made it. <laughs> We're still here. Um, but just to encourage other people to kind of not feel like you have to stay inside of this box of what is the traditional way to do things. Um, so you can kind of create the lifestyle that you want to create, you know, so that would be my only thing and definitely check us out on instagram and um come by and see us i'll definitely be inviting all of you to the grand opening kyle if you want to come you can as well i, I <laughs> might i might you can you can, you can write it all yep, Kyle. that's a business yes, trip that's right. it's a trip it's mm -hmm. a business trip so um but yeah so i'm really excited um to be back and have a testimony okay that's it that's it <laughs> nice. that's it
Uh, and, and real quick before we get off, um, if anybody wants to watch, we have the YouTube page. And if not everybody has been watching the YouTube page. I think it, it, it adds, from what I've been told, it adds to the, uh, I want to say, excitement of the podcast because you get to see how we are. Uh, how we act and, and, and our expressions actually speak more than our words sometimes. So, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. so yeah. see, you got to put that on your Instagram. See, yeah, I, see, I don't do that. So I'm, I'm just going to say, <laughs> I'm just going to say right now that it's uh, if you if you go to YouTube and search tooth be told podcast, literally tooth be told podcast, you will find us, you'll see our smiling faces and you'll see our angry uh, rants. So that's, that's what I'm going to do. There you go. I'm I'm, probably, I have to go back and listen to the rant. I'm not oh, it's every episode. <laughs> Just pick one. Somebody's <laughs> going off on one. Yeah. <laughs> Just pick one. I promise you, you'll have it. The last one was about what happened in Houston with the, oh, I'm sorry, in Texas with the whole uh, uh, one inch of snow. So that was another, you know, <laughs> that was something else. Well, well, thank you yeah, so much. Had a good rain on that. Thank you so much for coming on. I thank you so much for being a pediatric dentist because, in my mind, you you all are <laughs> angels, and uh, there's a sp oh. special place in heaven for you. I don't so. know how y'all do it. <laughs> That's right. That's true. Thank that you. True. I don't know well, how y'all do. Listen, I be wanting to. I be like, I wish Gary was closer because I don't want to do nobody root canal. Like I don't even want to do number eight. Well, sometimes Gary doesn't want to do other people's root canals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I walk into work and I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll talk soon. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, sir. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R E A L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.